You're listening to Finable Express with Lou. You know when you have a love-hate relationship with something, like me with my voice? The same applies for social media. Social media are place of horror sometimes, not just because of the cancel culture that uh, we literally should cancel first, uh, to be honest. But you never know what's happening behind the scenes and what's the reason behind something being posted on social media and that maybe it may be a clue to solve a mystery. And that's the case in the Snapchat murders, also known as the Delphi murders. Delphi is a small town in Indiana with about 3,000 inhabitants. In this small town also lived best friends, two best friends. Uh, one was Abby, 13-year-old, and 14-year-old Libby. Abby and Libby are best friends. They go to the same school. Uh, they played in the same school band. One, They were playing saxophone, I guess both of them. They played same sports, volleyball and softball, literally BFFs. And as a lot of BFFs do, uh, you know, they hang out a lot together. And actually, uh, a point for best friends, or it's maybe just me, one friend is usually the one that is super loud and outgoing. That will be Libby. And the one that is super quiet, that will be Abby. So these two best friends do not have a school day on February 13, 2017. So they decide to hang out together and they decide to go for a walk and take some nice pictures. Why not, right? Social media. Um, So to get the nice pictures for Insta, they decide to take a walk on the Monon High Bridge Trail. It's a part of the Delphi Historic Trails. It's really very cool place to take pictures. And Kelsey, Libby's older sister, of course, uh, drops the girls at the trail at around 1 p.m. that day. She leaves them there and goes to her boyfriends. Kelsey is actually the last person that we see the two girls alive. It's... 2.07 p.m. and Libby posts a picture of Abby on the bridge to Snapchat. After that, she saves a video of a man walking towards them on the bridge. The bridge isn't supposed to be walked on, apparently. It's not recommended to walk on it because it's very old. But people do and uh, this man did as well. The video, video actually went viral. Um, The man on the video is aged between 18 and 40. He's dressed in jeans, blue jacket. It looks like he's wearing a hoodie or something under the jacket, a light brown hat. And it looks like there's something brown around his waist. Either that's the layer of a clothing under it, or he has maybe like one of these, you know, um, fanny packs around him, who knows, but I guess it's just a layer of the clothes that is peeking through and you can see the, the different color. It's 3.30 p.m. and Libby's dad goes to pick up the girls as agreed on the spot. Uh, the girls do not show up to the meeting spot, so he calls his daughter, but he's unable to reach her. Kelsey, the sister, receives a call from the grandma 
asking her if she has seen her sister. They all go to search for the girls. There's no trace of them. And so they decide to call the police. The police actually assume that the girls ran away. But a search party is started, of course, in the morning by the family and other people who joined in. Police dogs and drones are put into work as well. And police even try to apparently hack their phones. But the phones are switched off by now. So it's the next day. And it's the next day when the search party actually discovers the bodies of Libby and Abby. Um, Their bodies are located about 800 meters away, or half a mile, uh, if you want, away from the bridge uh, near a creek. They are on a line of private property. So unfortunately, uh, indeed, Kelsey was the last one to see the girls alive. If we do not count the man that they saw on the bridge that is now suspect number one. The community supports the family in big. Um, They brought food for the family. Candles are lit. Flowers are laid out around the memorial. From what I heard, uh, there's a lot of posters being posted. uh, Flyers. Um, The case is shared on social media. Uh, Of course, some also statements from the police are released. And... um, People apparently were putting out on their porch um, an orange light uh, to show the support uh, and to uh, make the memory of the girls that um, the crime is unsolved alive. And police confirms that the girls were indeed murdered. So this video of a man walking across the bridge towards them is actually published. It is uh, publicly available, uh, also shared with the police, but um, you can, so you can watch it online. And uh, police also released a recording of a male voice saying something like, guys, down the hill, or go, go down the hill. This voice is supposedly of the man that uh, walked towards them on the bridge, uh, One of the girls was smart enough to um, take a video, take a picture of the guy and even start recording um, when he approached them. So they say that he apparently forced them to go down the hill, uh, maybe with a gun or a knife or something like that. And um, there's also a recording of the girls saying something like um, the man... What, like there's a man following them so they were kind of like tracing uh, what was happening on the phone so we know now that the girls knew they were in danger or thought they are in danger and tried to record the man and now we know that the police actually has some proof on their hand they have a suspect um, they have a video recording of him or a picture they can solve the case, right? Unfortunately, not. Although they have all this on hand and apparently even more clues at the scene, um, they are unable to identify the murderer and solve the case of the two best friends. They actually think that the murderer is hiding in plain sight 
um, and we have some suspects. Of course, the police interviewed a lot of people, apparently they got a lot of tips uh, for the case, for the murderer, who it could be, because a lot of people uh, see resemblance to the sketches the police released of the suspect and so on. So the first suspect was Paul Etter. He was wanted for rape and kidnapping of a 26-year-old woman, although unrelated. Police thought that may be suspect also for this case. He killed himself after being found by police. Um, and they could not tie him to the murder of the two girls. Second suspect is Daniel J. Nations. He's a registered sex offender from Indiana and in September 2017 he got arrested for having expired license plate. They figured out he was he had also a warrant for allegedly threatening people with a hatchet in Colorado near a trail. There he was also uh, suspected of killing a cyclist in the same area. Uh, he had some child sex offenses, indecency records. And he, of course, resembled the man on the video. But police cannot uh, put him in the place of the murderer. So we go on to the third suspect. And that's uh, Thomas Bruce. He's a former pastor with history of sexual violence and a passing resemblance to the man on the video. Again, no way to pin him to the crime scene either. So we have fourth suspect, Charles Eldridge. He was wanted for child molestation and solitization. Uh, once again, resembles the man on the video. Eldridge in custody bragged about sexually assaulting a 13-year-old girl or younger girls. So he was um, very sus. He was also collecting guns and knives, but there's no evidence to place him on the crime scene. People anyways thought that the public um, that he might be the murderer. Um, they were pretty sure about it. Uh, even onto the level where police had to intervene and tell the public, okay, um, the guy is innocent just because um, there's a resemblance. Um, he's wanted for something similar. You cannot pin the murder to him if there's no relation. Or no proof for it, right? And this is something I like about Kelsey, the sister. Uh, she knows about the case. She's being apparently uh, very frequently informed about the case, uh, what the police is, and so on. The police doesn't share much details about the case with anyone, anyways, with none one of the public. I'll explain that later. But um, Kelsey uh, stated. I don't know if it was posted on social media or if she said it in some interview, but I think she posted it in social media, uh, on Twitter or something, that although um, the police has a name and they are looking into it, it doesn't mean that they are the culprit. For her, it's just another name they are looking into until proven otherwise. And I like this because there's indeed a lot of suspects, a lot of people resemble each other a lot of people may have similar voice if you go according to the recording but there's just that one person that did it right and she cannot get excited that they caught the murderer with every suspect they find or every person they interview
So the police doesn't share anything, any detail about the case. Um, so we do not know what was the murder weapon. We do not know how the girls died. If they indeed were um, uh, sexually assaulted or violated, if uh, uh, they were strangled, nothing. And it's because the police, um, as the sheriff uh, said, they do not want to release any statement uh, relating to the case that the only person that will know it is the murderer. Because, first, they interview the suspects, and if the suspect knows something that their police only should know, it brings them closer. Or when someone gives them a tip, and they say, hey, this person said this, and they know that it's such a detail that only the police knows, um, they already have a clue, and they can go for it. So, it's a very smart way how to do it um, for the police and the investigation to be, uh, be done in a better way. Uh, of course, there's some stuff that got released even though the police didn't want to share it. Happens. And the second point is uh, because of the families. So the families, and this is what the sheriff said in one of the interviews, um, or someone from his office that um, they do not want to share uh, personal details such as if their girls were sexually assaulted with the public because it is in it a private information um, and that's something for the family to to want to or not want to share with the public. They indeed were 13 and 14 year old girls, right? So you don't want to be really remembered for that. So we have all this on top of everything. The police also said they had like some DNA samples, um, but they had no match. And in 2019, they actually updated the sketch of the man from the bridge. Um, funny part um, about the sketch is that the second sketch looks almost nothing like the first one. The person looks completely different. The resemblance is almost completely gone. So it looks like for two years people were looking for this specific man on the sketch and now it's suddenly a completely different person. So it starts uh, the case anew. I didn't know if it was done on purpose or not. Uh, if it was done on purpose, it might be that they wanted, you know, to um, make the suspect, the murderer, um, think he was not suspected at all. Because this is pretty much what they think the person wants. They want to be known. They want to, um, you know, uh, be the ones that know the most about the case. The ones that got away with it. Or if it was just purely because uh, the technology got better, um, they could uh, make a better sketch of the person on the video because the, the video is quite grainy, you know, not such a good quality as videos are nowadays with the newer mobile phones. So maybe this is also uh, the case. It is 2021, so it's a four years old case. And um, it's not gotten called. It's not a cold case yet. Uh, the police and the sheriff, the local sheriff department, are still working on the case. Um, they are apparently 
quite actively. So if there's any tip or anything going on, they do investigate the case further. The sheriff, I think, say that uh, he's, he retires or his term ends in 2022. So he's hoping that um, he will be able to uh, leave uh, his office with the fact that they caught the murderer. As I said at the beginning, social media is a bit scary and it is also a helpful tool because a man named James Chadwell II has been pointed out by social media that he may be the suspect in this for this case of 2017 um, because of a tattoo on him. So he has a tattoo of a girl or girls uh, that they say that there's two faces but um, when I saw the picture of the tattoo I always saw only one and they were always comparing it to one of the girls and not the two girls but um, the girl tattoo that I saw um, it's a girl um, it kind of does resemble one of the two girls Abby or Libby I'm not sure which one now it was I think if I'm not mistaken and I have to think about it it was Libby Libby was the older one yeah so um it resembles uh Libby in a way but um it looks like the girls are crying and they're crying blood so people really think that that tattoo is of Abby and Libby the two girls and um why this guy came to be a suspect in general is because he's tied to another case with an underage girl. On April 19, 2021, Chadwell, 42-year-old man from Lafayette, is getting arrested by police because they found a 9-year-old child locked in his basement an hour after she went missing. Chadwell apparently lured the nine-year-old into his home with the promise that she could pet his dog and then he beat her, he strangled her and he sexually assaulted her. Um, he wanted apparently to also kill her uh, according to um, the statement I saw. So the police was looking uh, for a missing girl because the, the mom of the girl reported her missing. Um, really quite shortly after and uh, when they are looking for a girl they come across Chadwell and Chadwell tells them that he saw the girl she was at his house just shortly before but she has left so there's two storylines here one is that they actually um, immediately ask to have a look around his house and the second one is that they actually were still looking around for the girl and when they couldn't find her they went back to Chadwell's house anyways the police gets inside of Chadwell's house because they ask him if they can have a look inside and Chadwell lets them so they find the basement and the basement is apparently chained locked up and when they get inside they find the nine-year-old girl in the basement quite sus uh, Chadwell so um, Chadwell of course gets arrested for that crime but now police are indeed looking into him 
uh, as a suspect for the 2017 murders if there's any chance of him being related. There's a lot of uh, points out there on the internet shared about Chadwell that kind of um, give into it. First, the tattoos. Second, the type of crime. He has a long list of crimes. He also uh, was released in 2016, so he was roaming free in 2017 during the murder of the girls. He was living quite close by, um, not in Delphi, but like in a city nearby in that time. Um, what else was there? Ah, yeah. Uh, he would publish uh, on social media pictures of him in the nature, in the woods, uh, uh, near a train track, like even with, I think, a picture of a train he posted. So very alike to the area where the girls uh, were last seen in um, Delphi. So police or the interviewers ask also the family of Chadwell what they think. And Chadwell's brother, um, he said that he's pretty sure that Chadwell will be able to do it. That his brother is quite evil. And um, that he can imagine that he will murder the two girls. Um, other family members, I think it was the stepfather that said that um, he agrees. That uh, he's not a very good person. And, uh, oh yeah, there was this uh, thing where people were debunking that the tattoo is not of um, the, the girl. Because uh, he had the tattoo before the murder even happened. But Chadwell's brother stated that when he was arrested or when he was let out of the prison, he didn't have that tattoo. And um, it was shortly, a few months after that um, the girls got murdered. So it will make sense that he got that tattoo after the murder was done. So yeah. And that's on the newest suspect. Four years later and we have a new suspect. This is the story of Abby and Libby. The case is still ongoing, it's still open. And according to the statement of the sheriff, the case will be kept open until they can find out uh, what happened with the two girls. Um, the the cases uh, spread everywhere. Uh, there's a lot of interviews that were done. Uh, the family appeared also on the TV show um, Crime On that I saw for the first time, but I watched um, the interview that they had with the with the family, and uh, I don't know if that's the sheriff or um, or uh, another police uh, officer or whatever the guy was, uh, but yeah. So this is it for today's episode. Let me know what you think. Is Chadwell the person uh, from the video who they were looking for? Does he match the description? 
which of the two sketches do you think is the correct one? And why do you think it took two years for the police to reveal a new sketch? And why is it so different? Thank you for listening in. And I hope that you come and listen again to me next Monday. Cool, cool. <laughs> Thank you. Bye.